You're listening to Mind Body Boss with Michelle Stevenette, episode 20, The Barrier to Love. Welcome to Mind Body Boss. This is the podcast for people who know our minds and bodies are connected, they affect one another, and the more we learn how they operate, the more we get to be the boss of our life experience. I'm your host, Michelle Stevenette. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. I say welcome back as if you're always here. I don't know. Maybe you're a new listener. Um, I'm Michelle Stevenette. I'm glad you're listening today. I have such a good episode today. I'm really excited to share with you what I've planned. But before I do that, you guys, you know how when you like eat a salad and you've got spinach in your teeth and then nobody tells you and then you get home and you're like, I've been hanging out with people for hours and nobody told me I had spinach in my teeth. Well, that's kind of how I feel about (laughs) last week's episode. If you happen to listen to last week's episode within the first couple days that it was published, there was like 250 listens, I think, by the time I noticed. I had segments out of order. (laughs) Did you notice? If you are somebody that noticed that, would you mind next time if something like that happens, would you let me know? (laughs) I had the intro and then the outro and then the episode. So anyways, segments playing out of order. Nobody told me. (laughs) So it's all good. Um, It's since been fixed. So, but you know, I'm, I'm really a buddy, right? I'm accessible. Go to Instagram. I'm one happy Michelle. Send me direct message. Would you let me know? (laughs) Be awesome. I would appreciate it. You would be my new best friend. So help a girl out (laughs) when there's things like that. Okay. That's all. Um, The barrier to love. Okay. I love this. The scriptures teach us that the first and great commandment upon which all the other commandments hang is to love, right? Love the Lord thy God and love thy neighbor as thyself. And all the commandments hang on this one commandment to love. Now, if you were asked what prevents us from feeling love or what gets in the way of feeling loving, whether it's towards others or towards ourselves, what, what do you think it would be? What prevents us from feeling love. So at first I was thinking, well, it's got to be the opposite of love, right? Which we might say is hate. That would sort of be logical. And hate certainly doesn't leave space for love. But I think there's something that's much sneakier and more subtle than hate that is really a barrier for us in feeling loving. And the sneaky thing is what I want to talk to you about today, this barrier to love. And I believe it's judgment. Judgment. Judgment pretends to be good and wholesome and well-intended, but more often than not, it can be problematic. And I'll explain a little bit why as we get going, but judgment does have its place, but I think the place for judgment is actually pretty rare, especially in relation to how often we engage in it, even if we're not really aware of it. I think judgment is something that we engage in quite a bit, actually. So we'll start with judgment toward our bodies and how often are we having judgmental thoughts about our bodies. We notice our bodies when we're getting dressed every day or when we're getting in our pajamas every day, when we get in the shower multiple times each day as we're using the restroom, anytime we pass by a mirror. I think most of us are continuously and maybe even relentlessly examining our bodies or just being aware of them on some level even if it's not super conscious, we're aware of them on some level, making judgments about them. And we have underlying thought patterns going on a lot of the time about our bodies. 
And so we'll talk more about bodies, but we really do have similar thoughts really about everything around us. We judge everything around us, right? We might have thoughts and judgments about how other people are behaving or what they're doing or what they're not doing, or just even what they look like. Um, even about our space, our environment, our homes, our relationships, our clothes, et cetera, et cetera. And we have thoughts about how we think things should be or how we would want them to be. And we think people should behave a certain way or whatever. And so judgment really is full of shoulds. So anytime we think something or someone should fill in the blank, I would challenge you to just question that thought because we're probably in judgment if we're thinking something or someone should be different. And when we're in that place, it's actually really challenging to access love, I believe. Um, Maybe even impossible if we're thinking something or someone should be different. It's really tricky to also at the same time access love for them or for ourselves. All right, here's why judgment really is so sneaky. It pretends to be really worthy and well-intended because there is a place for discernment and using wise judgment, but that's another topic altogether. The kind of judgment that I'm describing here, I believe the the, the kind that largely gets in the way of our ability to access love, um, that's the kind of judgment I'm talking about. It makes it difficult to access love for other people and love for ourselves. And we usually don't even notice that it's happening. And if we happen to be aware of it, it doesn't really seem to be a problem or something we should question because it appears useful. And so judgment just shows up over and over again throughout our day, throughout our life, pretending to be useful, but it really prevents us from accessing love. One big way that this shows up in people that I've coached, I've heard this multiple times, many people feel this way, um, where you might sort of want to be in better shape or lose weight, but you don't want to be in judgment towards yourself. And so we feel conflicted in thinking that our body should be different because that feels like we're being judgmental towards ourselves. And what we really want is to embrace and love ourselves fully. And so we might be judging our body, but then also having judgments toward ourselves about having judgments toward our body, right? We're just layering judgment on judgment, thinking, I want to be in better shape, but I shouldn't really want that because it shouldn't matter. And I don't want to be quote unquote, one of those people who's obsessed with trying to lose weight or be dieting or whatever. And so I hear them say that, you know, I really want to embrace myself and love myself. And if I think that my body should be different, then I must not be accepting myself as I am. And it's this kind of ruthless cycle of judgment where we are judging our body, but we don't want to be judging our body. And so we're judging ourselves for judging our body. (laughs) Do Do you see this? Do you relate? Do you kind of feel that conflict? So this is, I think, something that many of us, whether we're aware of it or not, have probably experienced on some level, right? Okay, so here's what I want to offer. If you relate to that, what would love do and look like? When it comes to yourself and your body, what does love really look like? Would love not care about your body? Would love neglect it or put garbage in it or just, you know, ignore it? Of course not, right? If you are in a place of really caring for and valuing your body, 
and embracing it and wanting the best for it, you will want to do things that support its best well-being, right? Maybe your best self, your loving self, the one that is truly accepting you as you are, is someone who takes care of your body. Maybe your best self is someone who chooses nutritious food and exercises and whatever else, not because you think your body should be different, but because you value your body and you want what's best for it. It's totally possible to accept yourself as you are in your imperfectness, in your excess weight and squishiness, (laughs) and simultaneously want something better for you. When we take away the judgment, it takes away the conflict and you have just love. Love for your body, valuing it, understanding it, and love for ourselves. Um, this principle, I've, I think I've mentioned this in a previous episode where I talked about having gratitude and wanting more. And how I used to believe that if I wanted something more or something different, then that must be a sign of ingratitude for what I have. I think this is a very similar principle, same concept. And I realized many years ago that this is actually not true at all. If we truly value what we have and we understand the goodness of it, and this applies to everything, whether it's our knowledge, our families, our bodies, our homes, our money, any, anything, when we truly value our blessings, that is when we can understand that more of it is not an unrighteous desire. Having a strong and healthy and lean body or anything else that you might want because you value it and you understand how it serves us and how it helps us serve those around us is absolutely in line with seeking after that which is of good report or praiseworthy, right? It is okay to seek after those things. I think the problem we have in seeking things like a healthy body is that we might question what our motives are. It might, we might be afraid that we're being worldly or that it really is unimportant or vain. And there could be elements of that. And so therefore shame jumps in to just like halt your progress, halt our action. And we just need to get back to love, having love in our hearts and in our minds for our bodies and for ourselves. Um, might be easier said than done, right? (laughs) So I'll get there. I have a couple of um, ways to help you access that. But if we are in a place of judgment towards ourselves, then we experience judgment, right? (laughs) We are feeling judgment and that will translate into our experience of everything around us. And I believe that this is why the scriptures even say, judge not that ye be not judged. Because if our minds are in a place of judgment, Our minds are going to judge everything and everyone, including ourselves. And the verse that says, love thy neighbor as thyself, this implies that you love yourself. If you don't love yourself, is that the way you're supposed to treat your neighbor? No, we would never treat our neighbors as poorly as we often treat ourselves, right? And think how much better and more fully we can love them if we are loving and caring for ourselves. 
right? If you want to feel more love in your life, be a more loving person, more able to live by that first and great commandment to love, you do need to care and love for you. And so how do we do that? How do we access love, especially toward ourselves? So here's two ways I'm going to share with you two. The first way is to start noticing what things are right with you. This is, I mentioned this in a recent Monday Munchie email that a friend of mine shared this with me. Um, so if you're on my email list, this might be a little refresher on this topic, but I love it. So it's totally worth sharing over and over again. So this friend told me about these quote unquote wrong truths that she had about herself and how things shifted for her when she started to notice what was right about her instead of what was wrong about her. Um, so she had this whole list of things that were quote unquote wrong with her. She believed, you know, because she didn't have a college education or because she didn't have X, Y, or Z, that these were things that were wrong with her. And she started to focus on things that were right. So what is right with you? What do you appreciate about yourself? Is there anything that you know is right with you? Um, can you even appreciate small things about yourself? Like the fact that you brush your teeth. <laughs> You take care of your teeth, maybe. Whatever it is, what can you compliment yourself on? What is right with you? And when you can start understanding, like, maybe you have a big heart. Maybe you are generous. Maybe you are a hard worker. Like, there's lots of things that are probably really right with you. And if, you, if we can focus on what is right with us instead of what is wrong with us, it'll help us to access more love for who we are. Finding what is right with you. And this leads me to the second way of accessing love, which is making your own well-being a priority because you do matter. When you believe that you matter, you are more likely to take care of yourself, right? If we take care of ourselves, we are certainly better able to serve and give and care for those around us willingly and lovingly. And if there are parts of us that are being neglected, then the people we love or the people around us are probably going to get a run down or burned out or stressed or uncared version of us. And it makes it more difficult for us to be feeling loving toward anyone. And that's really not the way that we can be our best selves, right? And so part of growing up, part of maturing, being an adult and t is taking responsibility of our well-being, whether it's mentally or physically, emotionally, all of that. And it's caring enough to love ourselves because it, no one can eat healthy foods on our behalf. No one can exercise for us. No one else can manage our emotions, but us, no one can have a connection to God in our behalf. Like there's all of these parts of who we are and our well-being that are necessarily our personal responsibility. They cannot be delegated. It's a very individual matter. And if we aren't taking care of ourselves and taking the responsibility for our own well-being, then those parts of us will suffer. Nobody truly has the power to do it for us. They just can't. And we need to believe that we matter enough to do the things to take care of ourselves. It's easy for us to think that other people are more important or other people should take priority and that we should sacrifice and give of ourselves. And I'm all for giving and serving, but it needs to be not at the expense of our own well-being. It needs to be able to be from a place of true 
genuine generosity and love and willingness and that's how you can serve your best right when we are giving and serving at our own expense we generally end up feeling resentful and frustrated because something we need isn't being cared for and that certainly doesn't help us to show up as our best selves or able to care and love and serve those around us the way that we would really want to I have a story I want to share with you. I asked my husband first if it was okay to share this. And he said, as long as I come across really intelligent and funny. (laughs) So I'm going to do my best to make him come across really intelligent and funny because he is. So many years ago, my husband had gotten to a place of wanting to take care of himself more. He knew he was at a place he had gained weight and he wanted to take better care of himself. So he took the initiative to schedule an appointment with someone who was going to meet with him weekly and put him on a meal plan and help him in this process of getting into a place where he could lose some weight. So I was so proud of him. I thought that was great. Totally want to support him. He took the initiative to make these appointments and started going and got these meal plans. And then as the loving, supportive wife that I wanted to be, I jumped in and took his meal plans and I grocery shopped and I prepared all this food and I cooked everything and I packed all his lunches and I, I basically took the ball and ran with it. And he, um, he did lose weight. And at the end of the program, all hunky dory, he'd lost the weight he wanted to lose and things were, were well. And he was like, Hey, I got it from here. I know what to do and we'll just keep moving forward. Well, I did not continue to make all of his lunches and snacks and all of that for him. And he was like, I got it. Don't worry. Like, I know what to do. And so I kind of phased out. And what would happen was he wasn't really in the habit of doing that. And he hadn't really gotten into this place of, you know, making that a priority for himself. And therefore, over time, it kind of slipped and just kind of went back to old habits, old routines, and eventually started gaining weight again. And so we went through the cycle again, where he's like, no, I need to get back to that. I'm going to make appointments. We're going to do this again. And then of course, I jump in and start doing it for him, right? And we've done this a few times and I just barely realized the disservice that I had created for both of us, truly, where here I was taking it upon myself to do the care for him as opposed to allowing him to take care of himself the full way. He basically had taken the ball, started running, and I took it from him and tried to take it the rest of the way. And, you know, intentions were all good and and it worked to an extent. However, the making himself a priority just didn't in this way didn't actually become a habit for him because I had stepped in and because he didn't take on that responsibility for himself either. So as I got to this realization, I wanted to share this with him and um, because I did get to a place where I was starting to feel a re- little resentful when he'd see like, hey, I want to do this again. I was like, great. Now I have to be in charge of it. It's not going to work unless I do it. Why is he not doing it himself? You know, I want him to do this himself and take the initiative. And why, you know, it's only going to work if I do it. You know, <laughs> it shouldn't be my job. And so um, did you hear the should? <laughs> the sneaky judgment creeping in. And so I'm not really in a place of love about this anymore, right? Okay, so... <laughs> A couple mornings ago when this sort of epiphany came to me and I wanted to share it with him, <laughs> I did, but short segue just to give you full context of the humor here. <laughs> we're laying in bed a few mornings ago and just we were awake, but we hadn't gotten up yet and we were snuggling and <laughs> he tells me that I smell good 
I'm like, oh, that's cool. I smell good in the morning. Who smells good in the morning, you know? And within the next like split second, this is what goes on in my head. I'm like, okay, he just paid me a compliment. I know he likes it when he pays me a compliment if I give him a compliment back. So I should give him a compliment back. In fact, it's sort of a joke of ours that I'm a really terrible compliment giver. But he, <laughs> so he told, told me I smelled good. So I should tell him that he smells good. But I'm like, well, well, he actually doesn't really smell good, but he doesn't really smell bad either. I guess he just kind of smells neutral. Do I tell him that he smells neutral? <laughs> and so I start giggling. And, you know, this happened, mind you, in a split second. I start giggling. And he's like, what's so funny? Because he just told me I smelled good. And he's like, what's so funny? And so I proceed to tell him the dialogue that just ensued in my mind about telling him that he smells neutral. <laughs> he's like you're the worst compliment giver ever. Just adding evidence to <laughs> the fact that, see, his love language is words of affirmation. And I admittedly do not give words of affirmation to the degree that I think he would like. And so um, I am a terrible compliment giver, apparently. <laughs> so <laughs> you smell neutral. So anyways, fast forward, same morning, about 30 minutes later, I'm we're in the kitchen and I'm telling him this epiphany I've had about this disservice that I have realized that as I've stepped in and ran the ball for him, I've sort of prevented him from, you know, taking that ball that he started running with and taking it the full way of, you know, really making himself a priority in this way. And so I've been telling him this whole spiel about all of it. When I get to the end, he's like, you know what I think about this conversation? And I'm thinking he got it like we're done cuz sometimes i sometimes i explain unnecessarily like more than is more than i need to and so i usually that's the response where he's like i got it you know we can be done so i'm like you're done and he goes neutral <laughs> i feel neutral about this conversation so that's been our new inside joke i texted him last night he's on a guy's trip right now and i told him i think he's hot and he replied back, thanks, I love you, and I think you're neutral. <laughs> so we're neutral at our house. So there's a little glimpse into the marriage of Mark and Michelle Stevenette. All right, the barrier to love is judgment. Hope you can find some more ways to love yourself. It'll help you to love more people around you. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Come on back next week. I will be here every Wednesday just for you. Have a lovely rest of your week. Hey, thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, would you mind sharing it with your friends and maybe even leave a review to help others find this podcast? That would just be terrific. For information about working with me, please visit my website, michellestevenet.com. That's michelle, S-T-E-V-E-N-E-T-T.com. -E